안녕하세요, 여러분. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Motivate Korean podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm here again with Jeremy, whom you may know from videos on the Motivate Korean YouTube channel, the Motivate Korean Sitadibang on Facebook, or the blog over at motivatekorean.com. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how different Korean and English are. I think the gap is a lot bigger. Uh, a lot wider than people might assume in a lot of different ways. So we're going to unpack that a little bit for you and with you today. This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. So like always, stay tuned for a big discount code at the end of this episode. All right, let's get started. So Jeremy. Yeah. I got a question for you. Okay. What's up? I'm here. About how different would you say English and Korean are. Um, if you had to guesstimate, I don't know what metric to use, but I've I've said this before. Uh, I think Spanish and English are like like brother and sister, are like siblings almost, and Korean and English are like people that live on different continents. Literally, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about as as different as I can imagine. But I don't know any any. I don't know enough languages to really speak intelligently about that, but I have a feeling it's about as different as they get because, well, they came from mostly opposite sides of the world. So uh, that that's probably a big part of it. Uh, there's a lot of Chinese influence on Korean, and there's very little Chinese influence on English, so there's some major historical and cultural differences, of course. But uh, when people ask me about this, they ask, they think that learning Korean is just like learning any other language. I always tell them that Korean is extremely different from English, about as different as, you, as it can get, as any language can get. They have sounds and functions that we don't have. So it's like, you know, the same way that a certain phone these days has some special feature, but other phones don't have it. There's a number of features that Korean has that English doesn't have and vice versa. So they're better for certain things uh, and not as good at other things uh, as, as, a, as a tool, that is, as a tool for communication, for thinking even. Um, and then culturally as well. Even if you master the Korean language and you, get, you know all the words in the dictionary, you know all the grammar, you still might accidentally bother people or make them angry or, uh, or be frustrated by them uh, because of the things that they do, their behavior, the way they treat you. Um, so there's a lot of levels to this, so we can go about unpacking that. What do you think? What do you think? Well, I've got a couple of different thoughts, but first, I think from a like a language learning perspective, I think one of the biggest differences, or at least the one of the points where you'll feel the difference as a learner of Korean, uh, native, mm -hmm. you know, as an English speaker learning Korean at least, or a Western mm -hmm. language uh, speaker, um, is that not a lot of your tools of expression work in Korean at all. So you may be a very eloquent mm. English speaker and you've learned a lot of Korean vocabulary and even a lot of Korean grammar, but e just even down to the order in which you share information, it, it, you're, you're starting from the very beginning when you're learning Korean. Mm. Yeah. I like how you put that. You have to start over. Yeah. You can't bring anything with you. Whereas Spanish felt like I could bring the same kind of sarcasm, yeah. some of the same idioms, even the same like jokes that I mm -hmm. use in English. I could use it in, in Spanish and it works. I was just amazed at that. Yeah. 
because I'd learned Korean first. I'd been learning it for a number of years before I started learning Spanish again. So when you get to a point where you're like, you know, I've got enough tools in my tool belt to have a, a cool conversation with someone and you're, you're understanding everything that's coming in, you're having a good time, and then you're suddenly not funny anymore. Or, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. my, in my experience. I've always been kind of a, a, you know, a funny guy around my friends and things like that. And in Korean, I feel like, or I felt like at least at first, like a robot, you know, like I wasn't able to yeah. get people to react the way I wanted them to. And so that's why I called it a, a tool of expression, because a lot of those little linguistic tools that I have that I could use in French, use in English, they, they just, they're just worthless in Korean. They just, they don't do me any good. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, there's one major, we can say, one major reason for that, and it's the usage of pronouns versus not. Definitely. Because so many of our expressions in English are in terms of a, a pronoun, so that can be it, he, she, they, me, I, you know, me, I, you, words you like go. that. Yeah. Those are often the subject in pretty much the majority of English sentences that are spoken day to day. start with one of those words. Mm-hmm. And in Korean, that is not the case. They, the sentences in, in general are voiced in terms of the object. So they would say things, something more like, it broke, rather than he broke exactly. it. Exactly. Well, they would just say broke, And <laughs> even broke. on top of yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> they would just say broke. But in English, that's the equivalent. That, that, that There's no responsibility implied by... what is spoken. I watched a, a TED talk recently that said something that verified some information, something that I've noticed myself with Korean and English. But they said that this is the, the same with, with Spanish and English too. This difference is, is, is kind of there. They showed an image of a, a, a man with a camera at a museum bending over to take a close-up picture of a vase. And behind him, he, his butt is bumping into another pillar with a vase on it. And that vase is... is falling over. So that's the photograph. So you see the vase falling over and the guy bending over. So it's very clear how the vase got knocked over, right? Right. They asked English speakers and Spanish speakers to make a sentence about this image. The English speakers said, he broke the vase. I would say the same thing. He broke the vase. Like, that's what this picture is telling me. Spanish speakers said, the vase broke. The equivalent of that in Spanish. So they also opted for that sort of removed voice, and they didn't imply blame, which English does. English implies blame. It also implies credit. It, people often want credit for what they did, right? I mean, yeah. all over the world, that's the case. But English emphasizes that credit. Yeah, and I think, too, like those kinds of you know, human elements of the language, too, not just grammatical or whatever, but the, the way people use it um, is also a big i n a hurdle that you'll have to, that you'll have to get over, mm-hmm. um, culturally. Mm-hmm. So you said something earlier about, about culture. Yeah. Um, and I think that what you just said is a, is a good example of that in the, the like personal usage of the language. But another, another issue, another big difference is that you can be a non-native speaker of English. Mm. I think that there's, there's cultural room for that, right? We know what people from this country sound like. Yes. We can understand people that whose native language is, you know, insert language here. And we're aware mm. of how they use English. At least those of us from diverse areas like you right. and I. Okay. We're, we're from very diverse I should, cities. I right. should have probably have had that, added that caveat, right? Yeah. But when it comes to uh, Korean, you know, Korean is only used here in Korea. I mean, it's used in one part of, of 
what is now China and it's used in in North Korea as well. But what I mean is that in it's only used with Koreans because there are Korean communities here and other places where they, of course, all, like Koreatown here in L.A., you can go there and not need any English at all. Korean people live there with zero English, but still it's confined to the Korean people wherever they are in communities. And I think that's what you're that's Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. And there's not like room for you to be a fluent yet bumbling American in Korean and and operate on a on a high level. There's not a lot of room for that. So, mm. you know, if you don't use the proper honorifics when you talk, you're not just seen as oh, he's just making a mistake. You're you're still seen as rude. It's not it's not appropriate. It's not okay for a lot of people be, for a lot of reasons. Mm. And we you know, we can and you don't know you're doing exactly. it. That's the, the worst part. It's like, yeah. I didn't mean that. And I can't tell you I didn't mean that. <laughs> and there's a, there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of unspoken rules about how the Korean language works. And because they're unspoken, it's kind of hard to figure out what you don't know. You know, it's hard to know, like. And if they are spoken, they are in, they're spoken in a language you don't understand fully. Exactly. When you're a learner, that is. Right? So, so. You know, not to get all all negative and down about how hard this is, but it is good to have a, an analysis of what you're getting yourself into, and to know mm -hmm. that these are things that you're going to have to do. They're not easy, but you'll be better for it, and you'll speak English better for it on the other side too. You'll understand True. a lot more about how much we rely on complex vocabulary or certain grammar forms to get points across that we probably couldn't express to someone if we didn't have those, you know, like cop-outs, these like loopholes in our language where it's like, yeah, I'll just say this and it means what I want it to mean. It's like, no, mm -hmm. you, you need to explain to this person why you want this. And, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of like subtle things that we, we know as native speakers that we, when you try to do it in another language and that tool is not there for you, you have no idea how to indirectly dance around the point until they the listener understands it, you know? Yeah. That's a skill you're going to have to learn that, too. Like, well, so we don't want to sound too negative here, but we have to give the accurate picture, right? But to turn that into a positive, as with anything, the more difficult something is when you accomplish that goal, when you climb that mountain, so to speak, it's even more rewarding. Absolutely. And people go from, come, you know, people from all around the world go to the Himalayas to climb Mount Everest, knowing full well what kind of, you know, how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. And after they've done it, they feel very proud or changed and, and you know, it has a profound effect on them. More so than climbing up the hill in their backyard or, you know, just down the street. Right. So uh, there are immense rewards that result from tackling these difficulties. Uh, consistently for long periods of time and you will be molded you will be changed by the process in a way that we think you'll like because we like what happened to us <laughs> exactly like i mean having like i said a moment ago having done all of it it was difficult in the in the beginning stages and in the middle stages and it's all you know it's always difficult but i feel like i'm better at a lot of other things now even in english mm. having gone through, you know, gone up this Everest of a language. I feel like someone would want to ask, like what, Ian? Yeah. So for example, um, I'm a better listener now, having learned Korean. Like I'm, I'm 
you know, I'm from uh, I'm from the middle of the country. We talk a lot. We talk fast. We use our own words. It's a little tough a lot of the time the way that people talk where I'm from. But Korean, you know, uh, for example, um, the the bulk of information that the main verb of a Korean sentence is the last word of the sentence, and just by having to wait until someone's finished talking to, f- mm. even though you know as you get to a higher level you know what what verb is coming, but having to wait until the end made me more patient with people in English. Yeah, it made me think harder about the order in which I share information in English. I, I think mm-hmm. I think that it's made me a more pleasant person to be around in English, having learned Korean, mm. because I'm a better listener, you know, instead of just throwing my own words out there all the time, which is kind of ironic. We're doing a podcast now, but <laughs> yeah, I remember like for hours sometimes staring at someone's mouth, not knowing what they were saying for hours yeah. and not saying anything just at the dinner table. Looking at them like, oh, what? Okay, okay, I know that word. And I'd be dozing off or losing interest, and then I'd try to catch myself. No, 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 okay, I gotta, stay, gotta pay attention, gotta pay attention. And I did that a lot. And that's what babies do. <laughs> yeah, babies, babies do that without the resilience or the without the the strong will of an adult. They just kind of listen and then go off and do their own thing. But um, so yeah, I mean that's that's. That's a big thing. I think for myself, I would say the same is true. The the that was a very good point that how you have to listen to the end of the sentence. I think I've also developed a different like a stronger respect for elders that I didn't have. It wasn't emphasized as much in English. Like it still feels weird to me to speak to an older person very casually in English, I agree. but I know that's what they expect. Right. Um that that's another good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Korean people who are like my students, I teach English to Korean people. I'm I'm with people that are in between the two cultures a lot. They often have trouble when they speak English saying the word "you," for example, because in Korean the word "you" is, in general, very rude, mm-hmm. and so they avoid using that word. They indicate the other person with honorifics because those honorifics would only be used if I was talking to this other person. So it's obvious that I'm talking to you without the word you being used. But in English, you have to use it. You have to use it. You. <laughs> it has and, to be used. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's very hard for them to get into the habit of doing. And for that reason, they sound weird sometimes. And they'll say things in a very, like like we said earlier, very removed voice, which to the English speaker who's listening to them, it's like, are you even here? Mm-hmm. Are you involved in this right. conversation at all? Yeah. Um, so... I think that that's a big thing. I've developed a different kind of respect for for elders and just seeing through the eyes of another culture and through the eyes of another language. I think you have to leave where you're from to understand where you're from. If you stay in one place your whole life, you never know anything else. Like in Korean, there's a good saying for this, umuran keguri, right? This is a, a frog in a well. Yeah, And if a frog lives in a well, he can get all his food in there. He's got, got sunlight and stuff. He's fine. He could live his whole life in there. But he doesn't know what's outside the well. He can't. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that we have to, I guess you could say, jump out of the, the umur mm-hmm. and find your way into the light and play around in the forest and meet some rabbits who hopefully don't try to eat you. Yeah, they <laughs> you might know, try. You got to get out of that mindset is what I'm yeah. saying. And uh in this in this sense too, it's not necessarily where where you live, but it's also where you 
dwell in your mind. Absolutely. The space, the mind space that you dwell in must change to speak Korean like they do. Mm -hmm. And when it changes, like we've said several times, it, it's good for you. I think, I think it, it, it's, mm. I don't think there's anyone anywhere that's like, man, I wish I hadn't gained this new skill. Yeah. Darn. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't think that there's, there's those kind of people anywhere. So it's like, like I've said, I, this is probably the third time I've said this now, you're better for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So y you got to do this. It's good for you. Get your medicine, yeah. get your Korean. Let's, let's, yeah. let's get to work. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap this one up here, everyone. Uh, as most podcasters you will hear say, they say, Kurum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll do we'll go until here everyone mm -hmm. and uh, thank you all for listening let us know your thoughts you can email us at podcast at motivatekorean.com uh, you can find us on social media and uh, let us know what you think you can join our study bang on Facebook if you do the Facebook thing and uh, you can check us out on YouTube Ian will be ha having some videos up here soon so uh you may be able to see those now by the time you're listening to this. So there you hopefully go. you had fun and this was helpful. So stick with it. It is worth it. We promise. Get up the mountain. You can do it. We're going with you. <laughs> yep. All right. The air is nice. Up <laughs> well, what air is left? But <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you on the other uh, on the other side of this uh, music break with your coupon code. Bye. So for people who are traveling to and from Korea, or really anywhere in the world, keeping your personal and financial information safe is extremely important. We all know that. Here in Korea, there's an expectation of free Wi-Fi just about everywhere. And scammers can prey on that expectation pretty easily. That is why we use NordVPN wherever we are. It protects you, your personal and your financial information, as well as your internet devices, like I said, no matter where you are. Uh, VPNs are pretty much a basic necessity for expats living in Korea. They're the only way you can access certain banking and government services back home while you're in Korea. So, um, if you use our coupon code MOKO, M-O-K-O, at NordVPN.com slash MOKO, you can get 70% off a three-year plan plus an extra month free. So that brings the price down to like $3.49 a month. Part of that will also go towards helping us expand this channel and provide you with more content just like this. Thanks again to NordVPN for sponsoring this episode of the Motivate Korean Podcast.